Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Steve Rummage, Dave Skull, all three of us here. This is fun. It is fun. Yeah, I man. wanted to play the other clip. We talked uh, a lot in the three o'clock hour there about uh, Kenny and just uh, the his insistence. Like, look, I know we need to hurry up and get to next year. And I'm telling you, like the minute the the <laughs> echo of the of the horn of the last game, we are on to next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think everyone uh, pretty much agrees uh, with that. In fact, I would not be surprised at all if like a good chunk of their energy and focus is on next year mm-hmm. now, which is totally fine with me. I have no problem with that whatsoever. The, uh, but the other clip from last night, if we could play this, uh, Kenny talking about a subject I think we're all maybe a little bit tired of hearing about uh-huh. uh, at this point. In the same way that in that other clip he said, like, whatever's happened before, I don't want to hear about it, whatever, with, with the players. Like, I kind of feel like saying that about the, like, the origin story. Like, whatever happened for you to end up taking the job, you have the job. Yeah. But uh, he talked about Purvis Ellison in particular, and here's what he had to say if we could play it. The one thing that I would say to our fans is that for those that come to games and cheer, for those that come to games and when you see them not play the right way and you get on them, keep doing that. That means a lot. But understand also while you're doing that, there's a plan that's being put together. And when this is all said and done, we're in the baby phases of this. And what's going to end up happening is you're going to see a different kind of kid come through these doors. And when they walk through these doors, embrace them because they're going to be the best of the best. They're going to be the high-character kids that this program foundation was built on. We're going back to that. We're going back to kids that players that people that their moms and dads taught them the right way that they are respectful, that they understand they have a responsibility to do right, know right, act right. Those are the type of people that I want to bring in here, givers, not takers. And it's hard right now, believe me. But in a million years, and I, I say this sometimes and people laugh, I never forget my conversation with Purvis Ellison. Kenny, whatever you do, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Purv, I got to do it. Kenny, please don't do it. You're in the NBA. You're one of the highest-paid coaches in the league. You've got all these things. You're on the board of governors. You're governing the NBA. 
No coach has ever done that. Why would you do that to come back? Perv, if I don't do it, what happens to our legacy? What happens to this community? What happens to the former players? What happens to this program? Somebody else could get the job and they have no clue about what went on before them. I have an obligation to do this, and I'm doing it not just for me. It's never about me. I'm doing it for everybody else. Young people deserve an opportunity to be coached with love, not fear. They deserve to be coached with love. And, again, I'm going to say this, it's the beginning stages. And in the end, in the middle, and you will see it as it grows, there'll be a different vibe about everything that we do, a different player about who's walking through those doors. And you'll begin to see the, the plan that we put together and the type of players we want to bring in here. Right, there's a lot to pick at in that clip uh, about got a plan, baby steps, different players, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. It's very difficult to listen to that and not have the first gut-level reaction of, the hell did we ever do to Purvis Ellison? Uh, no. Perv. First of all, don't call me Perv. Terrible. Like, there's so many things you can call me. It's like Nick. He always talks about, like, the little preds and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> stop, dude. Like, you got to stop that on the show. Like, just, yeah, he's like, I'm going to hang out the little. Like, he said on the show, he's like, yeah, I got to hang out the little preds. And I was like, no. I got to tell you, man. No, you don't. There's, yeah. certain no, amount, you don't. there's a certain amount of you, you sign up for when Nick is your producer. Oh. Yeah. You guys That's have learned true. that. I've listened to you all figure that out over the it's, last year or so. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm like, Spencer, when are you going to play the random music? Yeah. yeah hey, Spencer, do you have like 12 Joking. minutes on soft tacos that you could do? <laughs> well, we, we, we need you to fill some time. Bless his heart. The, like, yeah. Louisville, it's weird. Like, when you have kids, like, so sometimes you got one that's called a distant and like parents like pine for them. Right. And they don't care at all. The prodigal That's son. purpose. Yeah. I know. I, what happened? And at some point, like, didn't get the players from that team. You know, it, it, think about that when you get this comment just a, just a couple, what, like a, a week or two ago where he's like, I have no doubt Kenny will get that job done. You told him not to do it at all. Yeah, I know. Like, can we at least be done just, like, chasing him? If he wants to be associated with the school and be cool, but, like, enough already, dude. Like, I, I'm pretty much over. Like, we all want weird. the ideal, like all of our former, our legends and everything to be in the fold, to be part of this community, and we realize there are roadblocks there with Patino, and maybe it's just never going to be right with some of them. But, dude, he's made it clear. If he doesn't want to be around, then you don't have to, to bend over backwards to make him happy. But more than that, man, like I'm I feel like most people have been over hearing about the process of Kenny taking the job. You know, like at this point, regardless of whether he's talking about his friends that encouraged him to take the job or his friends i guess his friend perv who (laughs) who told him not to take the job like either way it's like man i don't know who does this serve Mm. honestly like that story yeah that that anecdote that he just told about purvis ellison who cares at this point who does that serve like are you just telling me well you're lucky i'm here like i don't know like that's like the it's almost the tone i get where it's like dude you're not doing us a favor like i want you to be successful here but like Hey, I didn't have to take this job. It's not what I want to hear right now. You are a year into it, man. You got responsibilities and you're getting paid a lot of money to do it. Like I want this to work out for him, but like I don't need every time he talks about the vision to be like, remember, I had a cush job before. You know what I mean? I didn't need to come slum it with y'all. 
Like that's not what also, I want to hear. Nobody thinks being on the NBA board of governors is a cool. It's job. cool thing. Like nobody <laughs> do that. There's a reason why nobody knows who's on the NBA board of governors. They're like Kenny, you can't go take a, the job at Louisville. You're on a committee. Like come <laughs> on, dude. Like, <laughs> like I, I guess I didn't even think about that. Wait, I didn't even think about right. I guess the reason why it doesn't make me angry at it, really. Not saying you're all I mean, angry I'm not angry. About it's it, just yeah. like I'm kind of over it. Yeah, you know? I agree. I just, I, I honestly don't think he comes into it. Like, listen to that. I don't think he came into that with that talking point. I think he just told the story. And it's like, and I agree. I actually agree with you now. But, like, I think I would be madder if I felt like he was like, all right, today I'm going to go in there and I'm going to prove why. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to let. I think, and it goes back to my, I think he's just too truthful sometimes. And so he starts telling a story and then he naturally transitioned into, oh yeah, let me tell you about when I was talking to Purvis and Purvis told me not to take the job. And then it's like, and it's just starting, I think to, well, it, it's a snowball thing. I mean, you know, cause of course if you're winning, whatever, I don't care. Tell me all the job. Tell me how you sure. take it. Why you didn't take it? Who are we supposed to hate? But he's not. And I think that's something he's going to have to learn because does it make sense what I'm saying about the talking points? Like. I don't like Rick Patino was set down and it was like he had a plan. Sure. This is what we're getting. We're getting here today. Where the all egg or not. You mean using the, the media? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like I, I don't think Kenny walked in there and was like, you know, hey, I'm gonna tell a story, I'm gonna prove to them, you know. I, I think it's just like just don't be so truthful, man. Like leave that stuff out. Well leave, I'm saying it's like yeah. what what purpose could that story have been you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what I don't I don't get what the point of that story but was. But you're in an intimate setting. Well, I, I get it. I'm, not, was, and I'm no, not trying to parse the words oh, yeah, too much. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? think sure, what sure. he was trying to say was, I, I'm really passionate about the way I'm doing. Yeah. I, okay. I, I want to do things even when, like, like, I have to do this. It's almost like taking the job. Not that he was doing them a favor, but, like, it was an obligation because I had to go do it at the place where we did it, yeah. the yeah. way we're talking about doing it. But even that, I think I'd... It probably would be a little bit better received if it was just basically like they asked me. I was like, "Yes, I've wanted yeah. to do it my whole life." People because, would love that. Yeah. I think that would play better yeah. than, than that. But really, the the reason I kind of want to play that clip on, on top of just being like, "Whatever we did to Purvis, I'm kind of tired of trying to fix it." But yeah, because yeah. I'm not really sure they did anything. But well, people act like alumni is an issue. Like it's Purvis and Butch Beer. Like there's like two people. You know, like, I like you know what what mean? called him Purvis and Purvis. That's, that's, that's new name. Purvis. Purvis. <laughs> He's like, not only am I not going to call him Perv, I'm going to add, add syllables. syllables. I'm going to get as far away from Perv as possible. <laughs> Purvison. Oh, my God. Purvison. But, what, like but whatever. It you almost know, like, it's like his legal name. <laughs> That's right. Never Nervous Purvison. Never Nervous and Purvison. Like, I, I don't. <laughs> so much I don't care. But my, the things but, that he. Well, just real quick. Like, yeah. the things that he. The messaging up until this point was he had to be talked into the job mm. by all of his other buddies. He's like, I had to be talked into. Like, he said that. And that bothered me more because it's like dude i want this to be your goal i want this to be your destination i don't want you to have to be talked into it past the past that part though yeah the comments about we're gonna you'll see we're in the baby stages here we're gonna start bringing in the right kinds of people mm -hmm. from good families and all that sort of thing uh master p out here catching strays well all of them like if you oh, know if you are a current player master p i know right? <laughs> he's on the sideline every game if you're if you're a current player or the parent of a current player like that couldn't sound great no, it sounds awful but this is like the unenviable task that he has it's if, it's february now man i know yeah. we're getting close but like mm -hmm. if 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 the biggest problem is like this is just like an incorrigible group that he couldn't do anything with yeah he really can't say that 
But guess yeah, I gotta be dying to say it in some way or another. And maybe in that sort of setting there that felt less public, he's like, look, these kids are nothing with these guys. We can get some guys in there that'll listen. You guys are gonna like what you see. <laughs> like it might be true, but not in front of the, not on the radio. I mean, you're gonna have meetings yeah. quick, and I, I think he, that might be maybe like yeah. Maybe I'm not worried was, about saving him. Maybe his he was pushing anymore. them all yeah. out the door at that point. Maybe that's what that was. Like these are the conversations mm-hmm. we're gonna be having. I'm not impressed with any of them, but still, the families are probably just like, come on, man. Yeah, Jalen Withers' parents. And, <laughs> You know, oh, like, well. come on. Yeah, don't I, fall just, down. You're, you're you're painting the entire roster and all their families <laughs> with a big broad brush. <laughs> I, know, yeah, I don't know. Like, ah. I know. I, yeah, I, I don't know though. I think I think you are. We we joke about it. And I said it just a second ago. You know, well, it's February. Well, you know, I I made my I make my calendar every month. You know, I write everything up there, and I was like, man, the season's over. It's like, yeah. hey, you know what? Two games in March. I mean, we got. Virginia, and then we'll probably play one. Maybe if we get George Tech, maybe we'll play two games in the ACC tournament. If we got a day of shame, so you're like, man, we're. I mean, it's it's over, and I guess it's kind of like the uncomfortable task now of starting to say, like, hey guys, we like Kenny Payne now has to say, hey, we do, we are on the same page now, right, guys? Like, you know what's going to happen as soon as season's over. Like, I don't want to shock you guys when. I tell you, I'm a resource wherever y'all want to go. I'll be glad to help. But, you know, so I, I think he's kind of getting into that mode. Um, if that's probably. true, though, like if, if, if he's sort of like we're starting to see this the the signs that he's like, I'm going to start moving yeah. my stuff out. Or you know, or you're going to start moving your stuff out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Buzzer sounds and everybody's stuff is just out in front of the crumb hall. Somebody's throwing it out of the locker room. <laughs> they get escorted out of the hall. <laughs> Can you say things like this, uh-huh. and then, yes, Texter, I want him to lie. Do I want him to lie? I want to lie like all coaches. Yeah. Lie. Do you yeah, want him to lie? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are we? What are we doing here? Can you just run the same starting five out there in the next game? Like when you start doing stuff like this. Yeah. Like this is where I. That's fair. Run into like a a, a problem. Mm-hmm. Like I want. All the rhetoric and action to make sense together. Yeah, you know. And so, like, if the if I'll the roster is a problem, yeah. and like, then ha- play the guys that you brought in. Then a core force should be getting exactly. every minute he can get yeah. from here on out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's that's. I think that's what we've been begging for from the beginning of the season. Like, your rhetoric and your actions don't match, and they haven't matched the whole year. Mm-hmm. And I, another part of this, and one that I think most people are probably focusing on, is when you say we're going to bring in the right kind of kid. He's not talking about talent. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think that probably bothers some people. Well, I think that's going to be shot down quickly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, but that's not what he's talking about. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, to, that does tie into the conversation we were just having a little bit earlier, though. If you have talent and no one can access it because you don't like to work hard or be yeah. seen by your friends working hard or whatever it is, you don't have talent. And and I would imagine for Kenny after this year. Pretty near the top of the priority list is, will this person care and listen? Now, it seems kind of basic, but when you have a whole year without a whole lot of it, it's yeah. probably pretty valuable to you. I just, I, I, I guess what, I, what bothers me a lot is all of these elite coaches, or, or even let's, let's just go to the one who he worked for for years. Let's go to Cal Perry. Hmm. He brought in top-level talent every year. Not all of them were, to. well, just for a minute, because it's the most relevant experience to his to his coaching, you know, acumen. Mm-hmm. K 
Cal Perry would often bring in the first, second, fifth, and eighth ranked recruits. You know, he'd bring in a lot of top 15, top mm-hmm. 20 talent, not all of which were perfect soldiers, some of which were sore asses. Mm-hmm. He made it work. All right. Kenny's not talking about that. Kenny's talking about bringing in kids that'll listen and be coachable. I don't know if that precludes him from getting some of the best players out there. You know what I mean? Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's a different approach if you're looking at those traits instead of looking yeah. at talent first. The best talent, the best coaches figure out a way to motivate the best talent, as opposed to finding the kids that are easy to coach, mm-hmm. and maybe they're not good enough to play here. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm just these are the things I'm worried about down the road because we're looking at what he's getting so far. Core four, great kid. Kid's got a motor, but he mm-hmm. should have been a project. Mm-hmm. Oh, he has right. a project. But, you know, he, should, he shouldn't yeah. be on the court yet if, if we had a normal Louisville team. Um, Karan Davis, maybe mm-hmm. he's going to really work out, but mm-hmm. he's not a high-ranked sure. player at a JUCO right now. Mm-hmm. He sees something that he likes, sees something that he can coach. It runs into some of these, like, that's almost an, it, can, it can be used as an excuse not to recruit some of these top 10 or 20 kids. Like, I didn't want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with that. When I thought that would have been one of Kenny's strengths, uh, having been tied into the AAU system for so long, you deal with difficult parents. You deal with, you know, helicopter parents. Helicopter parents. Yes. Exactly. You deal with that. You de- you deal with with divas the entire time. And like I just, I'm not saying that that's what he's saying, but if you're like I'm going after the right kind of kid. I don't know, man. Like it, well, it's think, almost loaded language for me. Well, to me, I think we'll be able to debunk it quick. Um, if if this and, and Mark and I talked about in the first hour, you know, there's a lot of smoke out there with like Sky Clark. Yeah. Okay. If you take him, then I'm like, okay, you're full of crap on that statement. Like, you know, okay. Then we're gonna. I, I, to me, I go, okay, I'm pretty comfortable now because I think he's gonna take guys. You know, it's like, and I think what Mark said. I mean, you know, hey, we listen to me. We 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 do what I say. Let's. Do, do you want to go to the NBA? Like, you know, maybe. To me, not that I'm not trying to turn like a kid like Sky Clark into like some terrible, terrible kid. Well, but like I had no problem with him skipping on Imani Bates. I I still don't. You know, I don't either. I don't either because nobody else wanted him. Yeah, it wasn't like we just didn't want him. It's funny when you see like Sean Sean Vassell talking about him. Essentially, he's a high usage Jalen Withers. Like he just Mm -hmm. he shoots the ball and plays a lot more, but he shoots about the same. I'll trade him for turns the ball over a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah. There's a reason why his team is still bad. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's not going to bring a lot to. He's going to pop and have really good games, but his efficiency rating is really terrible. Yeah, but you know, there's. I didn't mean to derail you. No, that was it. No, yeah. Good example. Like there, there's nothing wrong with a coach saying things sort of like this, but his actions have kind of got to go along with it. And like Mm -hmm. I think. The best example we've seen is Jeff Walls like losing it after they lost to Wake Forest, just killed them all. And then there was a completely different starting lineup, yeah. and they wrote all the rotations changed. And he's like, "Well, we ain't doing this anymore." Yeah. And that's I think that this right here is what has driven people crazy. So you can tell us these guys don't listen, they don't practice that hard, effort guys didn't show up, all the different ways we've talked about different games, and then the same freaking five guys get out. It's like that's been my yeah. point. That is the like if I could change one thing. It would be that because if you're going to take your lumps, let's bank something. And just watching Sid not run fast is not banking anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would do different. The season was already lost. Why wouldn't you just. It makes me wonder if that's what we're going to see this Rip him off the court. Well, Marcus and I have a theory with this, with like Fabio, for instance. Yeah. We haven't really talked about it on air. I'm like, I think we're going to learn. Okay, a guy like Fabio, he's not playing. 
Is he protecting Fabio? Or does he really just not like him? I think you're going to find out quick. If Fabio's brought back to the team next year, to me, I'm going to go, I think he kind of protected Fabio. Like, I'm, just, I'm not going to play this kid. Not I like this kid. I like his game. I like what he's doing. I'm not going to. I'm just not going to play him out here with this crap. I'm just not going to do it. If he's gone real quick, then I go, okay, you just didn't like him. Okay, well, that that's fine. But to your point, I mean, I, I think. Now, again, who does he play? I, I really don't know. I mean, if you want to change. I mean, I guess if you change the starting lineup. I mean, like I get what you're saying. But, I mean, okay, well, what do you do? I guess a core forward. James I would start Lance. him. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. But I don't know that there's enough there just to like blow the starting five up and like just start five new guys because I don't. I don't really know. Like, who would you start? Well, I think LL yeah. and Mike you, James. Yeah. Mean, yeah. yeah, LL and Mike James mostly play pretty hard. Yeah, I, think I don't so. think you have to pull. But them, I would. So. I would definitely have a core four in there because I'm 100 percent with you on that. I, even if it's just, just really would like to go back to something Luke said. A lot earlier in the season, I would. He said, "I would have lost to Bellman and Wright State and App State by 15, with a whole lot of different guys out there. Mm-hmm. If we're gonna, if we're gonna suffer and we're gonna have this message out here, it's gonna be bad. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna learn something from it instead of just sort of always trying to kind of hold on. And I do wonder if some of the, the this tone mm-hmm. sounding a little more done with him, a little more like yeah. it's, you guys have proven to be the problem, kind of from him, which is what he probably should say if that's what he thinks is really the issue here. That maybe will it'll It'll finally kind of play out that way. Just shrink the roster, you know. Just shrink it. Just, just. I mean, if City Grass has like a fit and leaves, like, I, I'm, how's I'm that going to hurt us at this yeah. point? I don't know if it does. Yeah, and it's not me trying to run anybody off. No, because I, I don't think any of these kids are bad kids, man. I mean, you know, I mean, even like people I've talked to Brandon. We've, you know, we've had Brandon Huntley Hatfield around mm-hmm. here, and like, I mean, he's a great kid. Like, and I actually think there'll be a transfer market for him. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I do, I do too. Yeah, yeah I mean, if, if he wants it, you know, I think there's something that'll be there. I, honestly, I think he'll. I think he'll try his hand at the league. We'll see what happens with that. But yeah, if you don't whatever. want to be a coach like that, I yeah, get it. Just I know. go. Yeah, right. I think that might be what right. you run in there. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if he's coming back, maybe you just you you say, Hey, I've got six, seven guys. That's who I'm rolling with. Look, we got a month left. Y'all I can play six dudes. Like, y'all can play. You know, everybody's gonna play thirty five plus. Let's just roll with this and um see how it goes. But yeah, I mean, I think it's fair. But the one move I think needs to happen just for aesthetics, if nothing else, is a core four. He's the hardest player on the team. I mean, Dave said it earlier. Like, he's not a guy that should be playing. But here's my thing. Not only is he a guy that should be playing, there's no way a guy should come in yeah. this late into a season yeah. and be everybody's favorite player strictly because he plays hard. Because yeah. he plays hard. Like, yeah, that's like, it. Like, everybody loves him. I love him. I mean, I'm saying, like, on a natural, in a, in a normal oh, yeah. year, he shouldn't Absolutely. be on the court. But this is not a normal year. And, not a, and that's what I'm saying. And the, the guys up here should be ashamed of it. Yeah. The fact yeah. that he come, came he's in and out worked. He's everybody's favorite player. You're like, why? Because he works hard. He yeah, works hard. And he hard. what? He, he also, and this is, these guys have all got to have a conversation with themselves individually. The players. Like, they do own, like, Kenny's not, Kenny didn't make these guys what they are. And you, we can talk about his responsibility for making it better or what have you. Mm-hmm. But, like, these guys have real issues that, that are going to be on tape no matter who is perhaps interested in the future. But Okorafor sticks out not only because he looks like he tries hard. Yeah. He's not miserable. Yeah, I And know. it's the misery body point, language of these guys that I think is it's off-putting mm-hmm. to everyone. Like, we all dream of this, and you're doing it, and you look like you hate it. Mm. And no one has any stomach for that. And no one ever comes off their checkbook for that, 
ever. Well, similarly, in his early appearances this year, when Fabio would play, we kind of said the same thing about him. We're like, mm-hmm. look, he's plays with a certain amount of joy, mm-hmm. or at least excitement, and he doesn't look miserable to be out there. Yeah. Felt that way against Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, even later in the year, you know, I mean, I thought that at the beginning and I thought that later with Fabio. That's why I'm like, that's why I'm like trying to use Fabio as some kind of litmus test because I'm like, uh, okay, what's going on with that? Because, <laughs> like, I mean, do you, you either really like him enough to where you're like, eh, or you don't? I don't know. But, I mean, he looked out there. I mean, some of the funnest times I've had, honestly, was. As bad as that Notre Dame game was, was watching him in a core four down the stretch. Yeah. Kind of watching them learn how to pick and roll together. And it was like, okay, that's something. Like, that's something there. And then we didn't see Fabio again. God, we are so thirsty for bas- like good basketball oh, right yeah. now. Oh, listen. And the problem is we're, we're, we're a Harvard of basketball. You know, like, I mean, we, we have fans, fans yeah, that can just pick every little part. So it's like... We're hungry for so much. You know what I, I think about all the time as like the example of what you're talking about in terms of fans? Go back to the 2013 Final Four. Although I do not remember which player it was, at the Final Four, a player for the opposing team got their fourth foul, and they're like panning all the insane students on the ground level at the Georgia Dome. Yeah. And you can just see one little fan look at the other and go, that's four. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. An, like an insane yeah, student man. at the Final Four knows how many fouls that dude's got. Like yeah. that, That's us. And that's knows us. like, hey, if yeah. he goes out, this is a big deal. <laughs> you know? yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So. All right, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, Fat Jack, we'll talk with him about the Super Bowl prop bets. Fun. It's fun stuff. We'll talk about that and more with him I on like the other side. Money. On the drive on the Bell. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it, but then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start, before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull, Steve Rams. We've got a three-man booth going in here, but the only important voice we're going to hear right now is from our friend Fat Jack. FatJackSports.com is going to teach you guys, help you guys, make all sorts of money on the Super Bowl here, impress all your friends. And now it's my job to bring him in. There it is. Jack, I'm getting used to having the phone back in here instead of the producer doing it, buddy. Welcome in here. How's everything going? It's like having to make my own bed. I mean, I, I leave town. My wife's not here. i got to figure out when I tuck, exactly. the, tuck the corners in. Popcorn for dinner again. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> That's what I did yesterday. Right. I, I'm, cut, I'm bathing in skinny pop right now as we speak. So I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Jack, heads or tails? What are you thinking about this one? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just because I know that's yeah, a problem. I'll tell you, 
<laughs> I, I've been really good at the coin toss, and I've been really bad in length of the national anthem. I'm one and eight the last nine national anthems, but I'm about seven and three in the last ten coin tosses. So it's really bad to go zero and two, lose a thousand bucks, and haven't kicked the ball off yet. So you want to be careful <laughs> on how much money you put on those things. Jack, are there are there when you think back on uh, like what the action on this Super Bowl? I don't know how it compares to previous ones, but are there certain kinds of matchups that just sort of seem to draw more? betting interest in the Super Bowl, and maybe where is this one so far kind of on whatever that spectrum might be? It is going to be off the charts. For a bunch of reasons, wagering-wise, they're expecting almost double legally bet money on this game as far as what they had last year, and it's for a ton of reasons. Obviously, the matchup helps. You have the two best teams, great storylines, great players on both sides, and a, a, a real uh, if you were a debate team, it wouldn't matter who you got. You can make a really good argument for either team. All those things. And, again, it's about a pickup. So people who don't really even get the line, the aspect of a line, they still are going to fire away because they are like Philadelphia or Kansas City in the game. So, and, and, the, and the fact that legalized sports gambling has expanded. We're now up to 36, country, or 36 states that have legalized sports games. So if you're sitting around in Kentucky or Oklahoma or Florida or Alaska, Hawaii, California, I know all of them. If you're in one of those states that doesn't have it, you are in the vast minority right now. Most states, you can go bet legally on sports. So it is off the charts for a bunch of reasons as far as the amount of handle they're going to have. What would you, uh, how would you, I guess, diagnose or describe line movement on this game? It's been pretty nip-tuck. Uh, there have been factors that I think people are paying attention to, Mahomes' health and others uh, maybe going into it, but how, how has the line moved here in these two weeks, and are you expecting any kind of late shifts in either direction? Yeah, it, it opened to Kansas City was actually a favorite, which was kind of a head-scratcher. It was two or three of the books, Circa and a couple other. I think the, the uh, Superbook at Westgate, they opened Kansas City as a two, two-and-a-half-point favorite, and that took about 15 minutes for the thing to jump the fence and make Philly a favorite that actually worked up close to two, two-and-a-half. In fact, certain parts of the country right now, you can get uh, Philly as a, you have to lay three uh, and then lay 120 to play the underdog. I know it's still in Pennsylvania, New York. I've heard Colorado. There are some states that have moved it to two and a half or three with all of the uh, money that's coming on Philadelphia. To answer your question, the general public hate giving points to Patrick Mahomes, mm. but they absolutely believe that Philadelphia is the right side of the game. And the Sharks are kind of, kind of split. I mean, the vast majority of them like Philly, and then there are some that love Kansas City. So it's a tough, tough game to pick. The line is itself, if you like them, if you want to play under, you should wait. General public will come in and hammer the over because that's what they like to do. They want to cheer for points. They want to cheer for turnovers. They want to cheer for, you know, good things to happen. Nobody likes to cheer for an under. So all those $50 players we lead up to Sunday, they're going to be playing over. So if you like other weight, if you like overplay it now, it's already moved from 50, 50 and a half, 51. I've even seen some 51 and a half right now. Wouldn't surprise me if it gets to a solid 52 before Sunday. If you like the Chiefs, if you can get them a three, absolutely go ahead and lay the juice and, and, and uh, take them plus three. If you like uh, uh, the Eagles, it's it's probably it's a good idea before it gets to three. But as it's just one and a half, you're probably not you know it's not going to hurt you to wait a little bit. But it's really semantics with the, the number. Uh, the teams that that win cover the Super Bowl almost exclusively. Um, teams that have won the Super Bowl are on a forty-seven 
why I cannot commit this number to memory is beyond me. I look at my notes every single time for this stupid number, 47-7-2 and two run against the spread. So the winner of the Super Bowl has covered 47 of the and only not covered nine times, two of those being a push. So typically what happens is not what happened last year. We had one team win and Cincinnati cover. You typically, the team that wins covers in the game. So if you, if you like the side, I would go ahead and bet it now, unless you're going to play Kansas City, then try to get it up to three. Jack, you mentioned the uh, the total and that it's climbing, but that people might be inclined to perhaps bet the under uh, and wait a little bit. It seems like this one, especially if you have any inclination that you like the Eagles in this one, like an under kind of game is the game that they are going uh, to win unless maybe you get defensive scores uh, or something. But it seems like the under is a pretty smart play if you are inclined to like the Eagles. Is that is that crazy? Yeah, it is crazy in my opinion because – um, Philadelphia has given up a ton of points to every good offense they played, or pretty much every good offense. They gave up 33 to Green Bay. They gave up 40 to Dallas. They gave up 35 to Detroit. Those are the three best offenses they played. The other problem is that Kansas City's, especially their linebackers, and their they give up more passes to tight ends than just about any team in the league. So – I, I think you're going to get points. And you also have a really imaginative coach with, um, with Andy Reid who is going to not just line up right in the line of scrimmage to play, play, play field position. Every time they play a good to great defense, their totals go over. They fly over. San Francisco, Denver twice. Um, the Chargers, Raiders, those types. Uh, the Tampa Bay back in early October when they had the top rate, the third-rate defense in the league. Those type teams, Kansas City still scores points. I think Philadelphia is much more balanced, and so they can. I like them better in a low-scoring game, like them more, because I do think Kansas City has to score. Uh, they're going to have to do what they do. But I could see Philadelphia getting in somewhat of a shootout and doing just fine. I mean, Kansas City secondary has got young players all over it, um, and Philly can beat you so many ways. They have th- th- That read option is very, very uh, potent. They throw the ball down the field. They have tight ends to get the game. They run the ball effectively. So they're very well balanced. So I don't think you can just – not one of those years where you can say, well, if this team wins, this is how the game's going to go. You've got to look a little bit deeper, I think. We're talking with our guy Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com. He can help you uh, make the most of this weekend's Super Bowl matchup that is upcoming. Any of the player prop bets uh, that jump out at you as an opportunity to perhaps uh, take advantage of uh, popular wisdom not being all that wise? The, what'd you say, the, the uh, props player props, any of the specific player props that kind of stick out to you as opportunities there? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I've this year been gravitated, I've gravitated towards <coughs> the, the, the front row, the highlight uh, player props. A lot of times you're exactly right. Um, there's, there's some second-tier player props where there's some definite value in them. Um, Jarek McKinnon for Kansas City, um, over two-and-a-half receptions. He started the year really, really hot, and it hasn't been used a lot lately. So I do like over two and a half receptions for him. But the ones that I that I like are the where you find some value. Always keep in mind a prop bet. Guys that are the general public, guys that don't know what they're doing, they're looking to bet a little bit to win a lot. All right, kind of the lottery or parlay. Sharp players are guys that win money doing this. They want to bet a little bit more money to find value in the number to win a little. So they're okay risking a lot to win a little because they know they're more likely to win, and that's the goal is to win. For instance, Patrick Mahomes over one-and-a-half touchdowns. All right, got to lay about 180 to 200, which is a lot. 
But when you consider that Patrick Mahomes has gone over six of the last seven games and, and goes over the vast majority of the time, him going over one and a half touchdowns six of the last seven games, the implied probability of that happening again is minus 600. So if you don't have to lay 600 because the amount of money that's going to be coming in on this thing, they want to balance it out, they have to drop that 600 to 200, you're getting great value to go ahead and take over with Patrick Mahomes on, on scoring touchdowns. Um, on, on throwing touchdowns, over one and a half. Uh, the other one I like, Travis Kelsey, over six and a half receptions. Uh, they've been sitting at this number the last two weeks. He's flown over that both times. He's averaged 8.3 receptions per game since week 15, so the latter part of the season. And he's, he's also averaged over 10 receptions a game in the playoffs. And it doesn't matter if Patrick Mahomes is hurt or not, they're going to get in the ball. Now, yards might come at a premium and be difficult to get it down the field, but they work him into the offense so many ways, and he's absolutely Mahomes' a safety blanket every time he gets in trouble. It's going to be super difficult to hold him under six-and-a-half receptions. So I, I've gone toward a couple of highlight guys sure. uh, this year. I've just been gravitating that way because I think it's some easier money there. Jake, the, the Super Bowl is different in terms of just like the execution of it. Uh, everything leading up to it, and you even like all the way down to having a longer halftime uh, be, for the halftime show because it's such a production and that sort of thing. How do you bake any of that into perhaps any of your live betting options uh, during the game, knowing that this is just not like your average football game? Yeah, it, 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 there are ways to take advantage of the line, but you're going to have to gamble a little bit. So, well, especially the total. So, what will happen is the total. Um, if you are a quick starter, so you're going to have to be on the ball but because both these teams are quick starters. But if you get a three and out out of either team, check your in-game total. It'll immediately be below 50. Hmm. So if you like over, you think the game's going to go over, then all those are done by bots. They're all analytics. So if you get just – you just need one – if you got two um, – two three and outs or two stops where they did where they started a little slower than they typically do feeling each other out that sort of thing yeah Yeah, so so wait on those type things other than that figure out what you like maybe don't bet as much and then wait and see which one of those present themselves in game obviously if you like kansas city and philly gets a seven nothing lead you're going to get great value but you're going to get seven and a half most likely with kansas city and everybody knows Mahomes can come back so it's not the worst thing in the world if you like Kansas City or like one of the teams to wait and see kind of how the coin toss goes and how the early parts of the game go. Understand you might miss out on a play, but you also might get a touchdown and then some with, with how potent some of these offenses can be. Are you uh, prepared to admit like the a, a prop bet at some point that you bet on that you look back on it, you're like, what the hell was I thinking on that? Well, yeah, every year. I mean, there's some. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, there's very few of those, I'll tell you that, because we've been really good in the prop bets. But, yeah, there will be – first of all, if, if I put more than $500 on coin tosses and national anthems, then somebody needs to probably drag me off. I mean, I've been so good at prop bet, predicting prop bets during the game. There's no reason to just bet on coin tosses. So I won't be betting a lot on that. But every year there will be one or two. Um, one that could get me in trouble, I like more points in the first half than the second half. Both teams are, are fast starters. They both score early in games. And I also think it protects a little bit about uh, gets both these quarterbacks possibly going out at some point. You get the ankle rolled up off the homes, the shoulder with Jalen Hurts. The longer the game goes on, the more they're able to stay healthy, the more points there should be. And certainly if either of those quarterbacks goes out in the second half, offensive production will be down. So 
there's ways to kind of hedge those things. Now, that you can look stupid. If they both stay healthy the whole game, it starts out as a defensive battle, and then late, which we see with a lot of Kansas City games, give it to us last, we're going to win. Then the fourth quarter could be more than the first half combined. So that's you know, there's always some risk in those things, but certainly – uh, taking advantage of some of those things you can do now that you might not be able to later. Any element of uh, that's appealing to you in terms of uh, quarterbacks and mobility, that sort of thing? I know there's some props around Jalen Hurts running the ball and that sort of thing. Uh, maybe value there, either betting that or staying away from it? Not for me. I would stay away. What I, what I look at is if you like who's going to score the first touchdown, you typically get some pretty good value playing one of the quarterbacks, and I'm not, that's not my wheel. I don't really love bets that are going to be over three or four or five minutes into the game if I'm playing for fun. And anything you're looking at, you know, five, six, seven, ten to one, those are fun bets, all right? And people need to understand, don't don't bet your house on something that's ten to one or longer because it's a long shot, it's going to happen. But if you're going to do that, um, I, I don't mess with, with MVPs in the game. If you like, both, both quarterbacks are like 130, my, a plus 130, bet the money line on Kansas City if you like Patrick Mahomes to win the, win the MVP. Mm-hmm. Bet, bet Philadelphia if you like, because you're getting about the same and you don't have to get that extra you know, decision to make you, make you be a positive winner. But both quarterbacks are going to be 10 to 1 or so to score the first touchdown for their team. And both these quarterbacks are mobile enough. Patrick Mahomes, no matter what his ankle's doing, is still going to run it if he needs to run it, especially down the goal line. And Jalen Hurts, they run that read often, and it's one of the more effective things they do, that zone read. So he will get the ball in his hands, son. Uh, some. Now, he's only three and a half to one, so you're not getting great with him. But Mahomes, you know, you're getting upwards of 10 to one to be the first touchdown for Kansas City. So I might look that direction. Uh, the last thing I wanted to sort of ask you about in terms of like what you're factoring in here and how it impacts your, your betting behavior is the – it's hard to get a Super Bowl with a greater contrast just in terms of general assessment of what we think about the coaches themselves. Sirianni is young. I mean, he just doesn't have a long track record, period. And Andy Reid has, is, is as involved in the postseason and Super Bowls as, as just about anybody. And I'm kind of curious if, if, they, if he has a reputation and then how you maybe factor in a coach that could either be doesn't know what he doesn't know and he just sort of is, is as relaxed as possible or could be completely barreled over by his, the, the moment of being in his first Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I relate to people that are just crazy. And Philly's coach is insane. He needs medication for sure. Um, and I'm okay with that because I do too. So I relate to him. I don't think he's going to care at all about the moment. I think that he is 100% sure Philadelphia is going to win. So the things that you might think game plan changes or tightening things up, playing field position, not challenging when they might would have during the regular, I think all those things are out the window with him. And you know exactly what you're getting with Andy Reid which has been an evolution of a coach since his days in Philadelphia that is much more suited for winning this time of year. More imagination, taking advantage of his playmakers, zigging when they think you're going to zag. He's not afraid to take uh, timeouts at unconventional times or challenges when he shouldn't because he's been there enough, he's won, and he understands you have to do some of that to beat another really good football team. So I think a lot of that's overhyped. In fact, the most experienced coaches are under 500 straight up over the last 20 years. So the coach coming in with more, uh, you know, big game experience, they typically don't always do well, at least as it relates to the numbers. So um, I don't think that's a lot to do. I think it's going to come down to players and more importantly, going to come down to mistakes. And frankly, people need to be signed up so that they are not deep into the hole right now and betting way above their means. My guys are on a 21 and four run in football. So put whatever money you want on that. You are deep, deep into profit as we're heading into this game even since we turned to 2023. 
So if you're doing that, you I don't I don't have to care about any of it. If you take that back further, and you all got Philadelphia back in August and bet even a hundred bucks, you're, you're now bet a hundred to win five k. So I mean you you're free rolling on the game. So be careful what you do. These teams are very evenly matched, and if things go like they're supposed to go, the teams that has if everybody plays doesn't get hurt. The teams that has the most mistakes are going to lose. So it's be very, very careful on overextending yourself. Jack, we appreciate it, man. We look forward to talking to you again soon, buddy. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. Take care. See you soon. All right. All right, Jack. Fun as always. It was a good interview. The only thing I didn't like about it was I felt like too many times you two looked up and laughed at each other at a joke, and I kind of came in like Michael Scott. I was kind of like, hey. Where are you? you know, so, like, so, yeah, so Jack has some some okay. established patterns. Uh, yeah. And uh, when he hits them now, self-deprecating humor or yeah. you know, drug references or just good. funny yeah. stuff. Like we just, we sort of, ah, there you goes. just kind of, y'all there laughed. And then I was just kind of late. And I was I looked up and I was like. See, like, ha, ha, ha. You know what I'm talking about? No. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, yeah. It was good, though. I did not expect, like, hey, if you, uh, come on, tell me an embarrassing prop bet. He's like, well, if I bet over 500 on the corn toss, I'm like, oh, God, what am I doing here? Like, uh, this is a guy who gambles for a living. Yeah, right. he, well, he did Just tell give you, me that. He did tell you in order to do some things, you're going to have to gamble. And that was that was awesome. pretty awesome. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I, I wrote, suspected like, I you would notes. say that. There's a, he, he highlighted some of the ones I liked. I mean, it seems like all the ones I think are free money, I'll go into this and turns out they're not free money the history yeah. of the super bowl <laughs> over over travis scales you know right the history of the super bowl and super bowl mvps like it just littered with people that we forgot like wow uh-huh. uh any of you got a prediction on somebody that you're like oh that guy like desmond howard was a super bowl mvp or dexter jackson you know and desmond howard was because of punt returns yeah that weird seahawks super bowl was like malcolm smith malcolm or smith oh yeah <laughs> yes larry like allen nothing. how about uh, uh um how about uh, brown like uh McKinnon goes off and takes like that's two what I'm saying. Like short, yeah. can you see two those short passes that's to the house? Line. You know what I mean? And I think then, Sanders of the Eagles had a big Sanders. game. The run game, like last yeah. time they played San Francisco, like Sanders had a big game on Hurts. Yeah, I like that we both mentioned running backs. You know, like it, you just don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, would would a guy like Devontae Smith fit that bill, or do you kind of like think he's it's like, no, oh, yeah, he could probably win it. I think receivers are pretty. Like, I mean, there aren't that many. Yeah. I mean, Cooper Cup won it last year. Yeah. But before that, it was Antonio Holmes. Was the last one. Was yeah. the last one before that. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Cardinals should have won that Super Bowl, man. I just, I'm just thinking of guys that could have like, kind of like how Dion won it. You yeah. Know? yeah. It was like just an insane amount of catches. Like Kelsey, yeah. I think he can maybe do that. But I feel like if Kelsey's a big game, they were just going to default to Mahomes. For yeah, but and even then, like Kelsey. Yeah, because Kelsey doesn't have anything that Mahomes doesn't also have. Right. Yeah. He's also yeah. one of the. Three greatest players ever to play his position, so mm-hmm. it'd be hard to call that a surprise. Even yeah, you kind of be like, yeah, yeah, you know, just, you're like, eh, he he's arguably the most talented tight end ever to play the game. What if the other Kelsey won it? That would be a surprise. <laughs> that, would be, that would warm <laughs> my heart. <laughs> give it to what give it to the center. To center. <laughs> what would have to happen for an offensive lineman to be the MVP? Problem oh. is, like, it would have to be like dramatic things, like uh, in like not an offensive lineman play or catch like, a touchdown or something, or like in necessary roughness, where you know the yeah. big center pops up at the end and yeah. It hits the you know hits the 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 linebacker right the last second. Yeah. That have to happen seven times. To me, the only way it could happen <laughs> so is, visually, you could see the center. It would have to be a up. tackle because yes. it would have to be an elite edge rusher that like they man shut him out. 
Yeah, yeah. It like yeah. it had a couple plays where it was like, yeah. dude, he's man. Yeah, like, if, like if somebody for yeah. Cincinnati had like pancaked Aaron Donald a bunch of times last year, yes. like you could, yeah. yeah, that's. I think you're absolutely. I think right it would have that. to be something like which would probably make it a tackle. So uh, you know, poor Jason Kelsey, no, no shot. Yeah, but just, I mean, like if they shut down the Hassan side. Reddick. You know, maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> There's just no way. Like just we, can, we can talk about all. Like snap that's the, the ball, Jason, and shut up. It's literally okay. the one position in football that, like, they, the five offensive line positions, you can guarantee they're not going to win an MVP. Yeah. Everybody else has some kind of shot to make big flashy plays. It's the Outlet Trophy, or got. right, exactly, and the Remington. The Remington, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Best thing about the Remington is when the watch list comes out every year. Like, here's the Remington World Watch List, and if you don't know, that's for the best center. Best center, uh, yeah. It's like. Every team has one. Yeah. Why do we have to do it? Like, it's one dude. Yeah, like we don't have to have like a watch. Just first of all, no one's watching the center at all. No. Doesn't matter what you say. Speak for yourself, Mark. Yeah. I'm tired. Of you. I'm tired of you saying things like that. Yeah. You know I'm watching the center and who, walk-ons. To hell with walk-ons. Who was my no, guy by the a way, couple you, years ago? Sorry, but you, you, yeah. Mark hates special teams play and walk-ons. We got a walk-on punter from Trinity last week. I'm just letting you we know. We did. But anyway, it's a good one. It's like the worst day of Mark's over life. my dead body. Yeah, we right. did. Who was my guy? I can't believe I'm. Who was my guy a couple years ago? He just wouldn't snap the ball. Like Tobias Hughley. God, Tobias yeah. Hughley. I've erased it from my mind. It yeah, wasn't his back. fault. Bobby didn't recruit over him. He started for like three years. I want to talk about something football <laughs> related on the other side here on the drive. <laughs> 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 well, 